Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everyone. Shep Hyken here on Amazing Business Radio on the C-Suite Network. Very excited, as always. You know I'm excited, but I'm excited today especially. And I'm not just saying that because I am. It's because it's Dave Horsiger, who is a great friend of mine. Uh, he and I met through the National Speakers Association. We were in a mastermind together. Uh, he is, uh, he's got a lot of letters behind his name, but as a speaker, he is a CPAE, which is the uh, Council of Peers Award for Excellence, which actually is part of the Hall of Fame. He's been inducted into the Hall of Fame for professional speaking for lifetime achievement in the industry. He's the CEO of Trust Edge Leadership Institute. He's a best-selling author of the book, The Trust Edge. He's the inventor of the Enterprise Trust Index. And I can go on and on and on. He's been featured in major uh, TV news shows. And uh, he has great clients, clients like, oh, I love these clients, like the New York Yankees. Or how about this, Department of Homeland Security. It's all about trust. That's what we're going to talk about because trust is probably one of the most important things that you can convey to your customers to create a positive, confident customer experience. David, welcome to Amazing Business Radio. Shep, it is great to be with you and uh, just a privilege to call you a friend. Yeah, and, and, and agree. Ditto, ditto, ditto. So I want to start off because I just saw you not that long ago. Actually, I've now seen you twice in the last six months or so do incredible speeches. And in both of these speeches, you talked, uh, you told a story about a farmer and I believe this kind of will set the tone for what we're talking about today. So you don't need to tell the whole story with all the details, but in, in the short mm-hmm. gist of it, what's it about? Well, basically, all my work centers around trust. And my let, let me start here. Two major findings in my graduate work. It, number one, a lack of trust is the biggest expense of organizations and individuals. And number two, there's a way to build uh, trust that goes beyond what people might at first think. And so in my grad work, in all the work we ought to do out of the Institute, we put out one of the biggest studies every year on trust and leadership. I started to think about where did I really start to think about trust differently? And I thought of growing up, I grew up in the poorest or second poorest county in Minnesota on a bean farm, eight miles from the nearest town of 500 people. And I think the first time I noticed the economic impact of trust is you know, driving home from town to the farm and seeing uh, Mr. Olson's veggie stand at the end of his long dirt driveway out in the middle of the countryside. And nobody worked the stand. So next to the berries and, you know, broccoli and beans, a little box with cash bills sticking out of it right alongside the road. And, and these and bills course, weren't for people to take. They aren't for people to take. And, and, and people know, you know, they get it into that. We call this system the honor system or trust system because nobody works in a stand. You're supposed to pull up, take the veggies you'd like, pay what you owe, and move on. And I think it's just such a beautiful picture of the efficiency of trust where you can have it because he saves money. He doesn't have to, you know, uh, have anybody work the stand. He saves time because people could just do it at their own speed. They don't have to, you know, the city stands, you wait to wear latex gloves, you got to touch the vegetables, take off the latex gloves, touch change, put latex gloves back on. And, and, and beyond that, 
Mr. Olson has loyal customers. They come from around the county to go to his little stand in the middle of nowhere, Minnesota. And and uh, I, I think uh, the, the value of trust, the power of trust, when I sort of see trust differently, and, and I will argue everything of value, from the greatest financial institutions, the greatest uh, service uh, opportunities, the greatest relationship you have are all built on one thing, and that is trust. And so uh, trust does affect the bottom line and every customer experience more than anything else. If you, you know, you think of doesn't trust the bottom, you know, trust doesn't, you know, touch the bottom line. You can think of Volkswagen. You can think of um, Harvey Weinstein today. You can think of Tiger Woods. In, you know, one breach of trust for Tiger Woods, or 27 breaches of trust, he left $110 million <laughs> in two weeks in endorsements, right? Did he have 27? Right? Is that all? Yeah, well, we don't know, as far as we know. But it always affects the bottom line. It affects time. It affects speed. It affects uh, innovation. If our team trusts each other, they're more creative. They share ideas. If they don't trust each other, they won't. Suspicion goes up. Trust goes down. That always There's always a cost. So um, that that I think of that time growing up uh, in just, you know, growing up on the farm and, and think of, you know, the power of trust, where you can have it. This doesn't mean I believe we should trust everyone, but where you create it. So I think a lot of people think about trust. They think, oh, I don't trust them, or how much should I trust them, or give me a give me a grid for how much I should trust people or not. That's not what this work is about. This is about when I become most trusted wow. as a customer service organization yeah. or a person, then so, I gain a great advantage, and that's you know what we call the trust edge. Right. So Mr. Olson, he was there. He just wasn't working the cash register or the cash box. He was just talking to his customers and making them feel great and helping them choose the right produce and vegetables. Not always. Not always. No, he wasn't even there. Sometimes, Sometimes it's just he was, a, he was, a stand in a box. That's right. Oh, wow. The, and he, the story he was out better. plowing the feet. He was out, do, do, you know, going and weeding his veggies a quarter mile away. He was out. Uh, he, nobody was at the stand wow. often. I'd say but that's it, that's huge, and and you know what? Yeah. It, it's like he's a throwback to another mm-hmm. era, and I think today there's there's a lot of mistrust. Here's an interesting one. Uh, years ago, I did work with an airline, uh, TWA. If some people mm-hmm. may remember, TWA is around. Uh, the woman who was in charge of customer service, she shared a very interesting stat. She said, you know, everybody thinks that customer service is the most important thing, and and believe me, it is to retaining customers. But if you don't want to lose customers in spite of customer service, they have to trust that you're going to do what you promised to do. And she talked about the demise of Pan America and Eastern Airlines. And she said, you can tell these were the two airlines, and this was what she said. I I assume it to be true, but she says these two airlines had the highest uh, number of I don't know what the right word is, but the biggest number of delays, you know, and more importantly, the biggest number of canceled flights. In other words, customers didn't trust them to do what yeah. they promised to do, which was get them safely to a destination somewhat on time. And he says that's why – she said that's why they lost the business. And once again, you talk about trust. Wow, there it is. And the old saying, people want to do business with people they know, like, and – Trust. trust, right. So Trust Edge, the Trust Edge. Uh, that's what you call the book. That's what you call your Leadership Institute. What is the Trust Edge? The Trust Edge is the advantage gained when others confidently believe in you. So, you know, in my in the first half of my original grad work, and we confirm it every year for the last well over a decade in our ongoing research, but basically we define trust 
as a confident belief in a person, a product, an organization. And when I confidently believe in you, everything changes. And that's what we found in that original work, hundreds of organizations, thousands of leaders. Every time trust went up just a little bit, innovation went up, creativity went up, loyalty went up, costs went down, suspicion went down, time to get things done went down. I mean, think of time. I don't trust you. I put a lock on something. Well, what's the cost of that lack of trust? A few dollars for the lock, but the real cost is time. Now I got to open it, and so there's there's always a cost uh, in a, in a lack of trust. I don't trust someone. It takes me a bunch of calls, a bunch of different wording. If I trust someone, I can make one sentence, and and I know that they, you know, I don't have to worry about how I said it perfectly or this or that. So so the trust is a confident belief in the trust edge is the advantage gained when I have the confident, confident belief of someone, and that's the advantage. I think it's the greatest advantage you can have in business or service or life. So one of the things I've been talking about for years in, in the world of customer service and experience is that you don't have to be amazing, over-the-top, blow-me-away, wow. You just have to be a little bit better than average, but the key is all the time, and I use the words predictability and consistency. And it, can they predict, and is it consistent? And you can't predict it unless it is. By the way, that's trust. I trust. Right. You know, they're always so, friendly. They're always on time. They're always knowledgeable. Exactly. They're always followed by something positive. Even when there's something wrong, I know I can always count on them. You get that word yep. always followed by something good. And that, that all, it, it goes back to trust. I didn't realize. I've well, been talking about trust for years. I just haven't You have been that. talking about trust for years. And, and, you know, to that point, as you, you know, get a little bit of fun here, but I will argue the issue an organization has is never at the core a leadership issue, a generations issue, those millennials, or even a customer service issue. The core issue is trust. It's not an engagement issue. It's not so they, if they think about trust differently in that in the experience or in these things, you know that that's they, they need to see it for what it is. But um, consist you talk about consistency. So out of the research, we found eight common traits, you know, that they spit out as traits, I call them pillars, uh, you know, because I think they hold up this great advantage we call the trust edge, but um, but originally they're just traits, and one of those traits was consistency or pre- predictability, as you said, which is so true, we are trusted for whatever we do consistently, sameness is trusted for good or bad, if you're late all the time, I will in fact trust you to be late. And as I say in my talk sometimes, if you don't wear enough clothes, I trust you're a Kardashian. But whatever yeah. you do consistently <laughs> is trusted. So so this is why we people might say, I trust McDonald's, even if I don't like them, because uh, I've had the same burger on six continents. So you, you the, the, the sameness is trusted. This is so critical, and this is so – this is exactly what you do a lot of talking about, um, much wiser and better than me, but it's it so matters. You think of a, a, a bank, let's just say. Okay, the the teller was oh they're so sweet, but the web interface was terrible. The brochure was really nice, but the interface with the loan officer was terrible. And that inconsistency just lost trust with the right. bank. And it this is the problem trust. because exactly consistency across the brand, consistency. Uh, and, and I also talk about it this way: is that how consistent are you? I often say, when is the greatest opportunity to build trust the fastest? And of course. It's in crisis. Mm. You think of George W. Bush. When was he most trusted? 9-11. When it's the same for you and I. When your greatest opportunity to build trust the fastest is with that customer that is 
fired up, swearing at you, throwing books on the floor. In that moment, they're watching, just like they're in a boardroom. When, when tempers are flaring, someone's swearing, someone's upset, how you act then. Just the same with your 14-year-old daughter that slams the door on you, runs to her bedroom, and thinks she's the only person that didn't get to go to that dance. It's, it's those, in that moment, they're watching to see if you're going to be consistent then. And so this it's consistency in how we are, in attitude, in way of being, but it's also in how we deliver. All of that is is how uh, the customer experience, This when I can have a consistent experience, when I can trust. Um, this, this, by the way, you, you brought up the airlines. I hadn't thought about this for a while, but not a lot is you know, positive on airlines, and everybody can always find something wrong with them, but I'm going to tell you something. I love flying Delta, and I am so grateful. Delta is my home base airline in Minneapolis. Because, and, and I think of, when did I really start liking to fly Delta again? Was it because they put a new customer service program in, a new frequent flyer program in? No. I can tell you exactly, it was about 10 years ago, when they changed the way they started treating their own people, their own flight mm, attendants. Right. People. And what happened? I started to get treated better. Yeah. And and so this is another part of customer experience is that as a company, especially your bigger companies, we got to look at how we're treating our own people That because that is what trickles down to the end user. And that certainly is the case at Delta. And, of course, some of the other things you talked about, they are better at being on time and some of these other things on the other airlines. But the customer experience is incredibly better. I can still remember one time way back when I – right when they kind of started the turnaround there and I – I, my own fault, left my bag on the plane. I hadn't usually traveled with a roller bag or something, I don't remember. And I got off the plane on a on a layover, and that that bag got flown to Raleigh or somewhere. And I was like, oh, I got back to Minneapolis, and I didn't have that bag, and it was my own fault, whatever. And, and the lady said, oh, don't worry. We're losing $2 million a day. I can fly it to you for free, you know, or something oh. like this. Now, They've turned the, they've turned it around, but right, they already had right. the idea around customer service. They already had the idea around I'm going to treat them differently. Right. You know? So I think a couple of thoughts. Uh, number one is you treat your people and you get them to trust you, your own employees, and you can expect a better experience for the customer. What's happening on the inside is being felt on the outside. The other thing is you mentioned one of the eight pillars, consistency. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the other seven pillars because they are there, and you don't have to go into great detail, but I just want you to touch on each one. Give us a hint as to what they are because uh, if we, we love what it is, well, I know we will, then we're going to probably want to buy the book, The Trust edge it's a great book by the way everything we're talking about this is what it is and uh david's done a great job of giving us so much detail and support uh data it's not just thought it's actual real life situations case studies information stats and facts get the book you can get it anywhere uh obviously get it on amazon so we're going to take a short break we come back we're going to talk about the other seven of the eight pillars don't go away uh this is amazing business radio Chef Hyken here. How would you like customer service training anytime you want it or need it, day or night? Well, with Shepherd Virtual Training, you will have world-class customer service training at your fingertips online 24-7, 365 days a year. Just go to www.chefondemand.com. Once again, that's chefondemand.com. And remember, always be amazing. 
This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio on the C-Suite Network. David, you mentioned the eight pillars. You already told us one of them was consistency, and you gave us some great information. We want to hear about the other seven. Well, I went through them very quickly, and of course I can talk about them all for three days. But um, to give a glimpse, these are the eight traits of the most trusted leaders, brands, and organizations globally. So these, I will argue, are the core issues to building the most successful trusted leaders and brands. Number one, and they're not in it, they're relatively co-equal. You lose one, you could lose trust in any of them. You know, so number one is clarity. People trust the clear and they mistrust or distrust the ambiguous. They also mistrust or distrust the overly complex. Whenever you overcomplexify something beyond what is needed, you lose trust. Number two is compassion, and this pillar in the original research had all to do with, in, or a lot to do with intent. I trust those that have intent beyond themselves. If I, if I think you maybe care about me, um, I might trust you. This is why the most trusted person in the world to the most people is mom. She will sacrifice. She will stay up late for you know. She'll help with that science project. She has this intent beyond herself. And uh, there's some crazies on daytime TV, but by and large, mom is trusted because of her care. And we could learn something about this, and certainly as far as the customer right. experience. And as a kid, is, we may disagree with her, but we know there's unconditional yep. love there. That's right. Number three is character. We knew this would be important. You will see soon it's not everything, but it is critical and foundational. And this, this pillar is all about doing what's right over what's easy. And so for a company, we have a seven-step process for building a corporation of character. But whether it was an individual or an organization, this pillar came down to one thing especially, and that was especially leaders were marked by this idea that they did what was right over what they felt like doing. Yeah, and there's a uh, lot of uh, case studies about executives that are no longer executives. Some of them are spending time in, in club fed exactly. Yeah, as a result yeah, exactly. of Exactly. Yep. Number four is competency. This is that I have to stay fresh and relevant and capable to be trusted. In fact, you'll see in the new research, competency knowledge is actually more important than ever. Positive re- reviews are tanking because people don't trust positive reviews as much anymore, uh, but they, they want a knowledgeable person uh, when, they, when they have service from them. So competency, th- this, to, the, to this point, so I know you, Shep, I would trust you have the compassion pillar and the character pillar. I trust you so much I'd let you take my kids to the ball game. But that doesn't mean I would trust you to give me a root canal because of competency, right? So right. We, it, it, we have to be competent. Number five is commitment. Uh, I, this pillar has to do especially with uh, the people and organizations and leaders were trusted that stuck with it, that were committed in the face of adversity. And uh, so so you think of anybody that's left a legacy in your life or in history, your first grade teacher, your mom, you know, Mandela, Martin Luther King, Gandhi, Jesus, or Joan of Arc. And they were trusted largely because they stayed committed to a cause beyond themselves, often to death. And so this, there's a major trust when I find commitment. People have said to me, I had one time, speaking of 5,000 people or some salespeople, and the vice president came up to me beforehand, and he said, Gabe, I read your book. I love that chapter on commitment. Can you just tell my team to be committed to me? It's like, no. You have You've got to be committed it. to them first. Oh, yeah. Commitment, and this is this, this is really important for the customer experience, how you make that amazing customer experience, Shep, is we have to show commitment to them first. And, and one more point under this one. How do you rebuild trust? 
well, there's a we have a 15-step process if you're Volkswagen or something. But if you're an individual or an organization, it actually comes down to one thing, and it's not the apology. It doesn't mean to have a good service experience. We don't start with a sincere apology. But the only way to be trusted again is to make and keep a commitment. So um, next pillar, and this has a whole lot to do with the customer experience, and that is connection, the ability to connect and collaborate with others, and we've got to get better at this in the new economy. Mm-hmm. I can talk. You can come back to any of these you want to talk about more, but that that connection. How do we connect and collaborate? A lot we could say about that. Number seven is contribution. Uh, really, the, you know, the, use the C's uh, for clarity's sake. But the first word out of this funnel of research in the original work was results. So. We, we trust people that actually contribute results or outcomes or performance. You've got to contribute results. So it's easy to have compassion if you never have to deliver a result. It's easy to have care. But the work of work is that we actually have to deliver results. But you can just deliver results and not have compassion or character and lose trust also. You need all eight. But this one is you've got to get results. And the eighth pillar we talked about, and that is consistency or sameness. So uh, I'm gonna, just real quick. In, in case anybody didn't catch this, and you kind of alluded to it a moment ago, every one of these starts with a C. Clarity, compassion, character, competency, commitment, connection, contribution, and consistency. And all of them are, I can see, you know, if, if one, it's like a, a, a three-legged stool, but this is an eight-legged stool. But right. the three-legged stool is if you take one leg away, everything falls down. Now, obviously, an eight-legged stool, if you take one away, it might not fall down. But in this case, I think it could. Uh, well, so- let, me, let, let, me, let me talk about that quick. They all interact because, you know, it's true the more trust you have, the more benefit of, doubt, of the doubt you might get. I mean, we make mistakes, but you have strong pillars. You, you, that can happen. But you're right. Too, they all interweave. So you could say, well, I think I have a commitment problem. You might have a commitment problem. It might be a compassion problem that's leading to a commitment problem. You say, well, I think I got a clarity problem. It might be a clarity problem, but it might be because of a consistency problem. If you share your vision at the annual meeting and that's it, nobody knows it. If you don't share that vision every 21 days, nobody knows it. If you don't share your values every 14 days, nobody knows them, so they're not acting on them and making decisions by them, which is the only reason to have values. So they all interact and um, and and let, I'll make another comment about uh, about these eight because research based. I know they're seasoned, they were, but the research funnels are these are the eight that came out. These are the real core issues in companies. So people will say, "What about another C? What about communication? Isn't communication important?" Hear me, communication is never the core issue. Clear communication is trusted. Unclear isn't. Compassionate communication is trusted. Uncompassionate. Is, Character communication is trusted. Low character communication isn't. So these are the core issues that build a trusted customer experience. Wow. So I want to jump into one. Uh, you mentioned you, you talk about in, in times of crisis. Uh, there's you've got. A, I think you said there's a 15 step process. Obviously, you don't have time to go through the 15 steps. Give us an idea. I mean, what happens? You, I've always felt five steps. Real quick, you acknowledge the problem, you apologize, you discuss the resolution, fix it if you can right away, take ownership for it, and do it fast. And uh, yeah. th- those are five ways. I would stay with those five. I mean, if you want to get the book and see the depth of if you're a BP or a VW and all the things you could have to do or might need to do or because you could get to where you have to actually actually – you might have to let go of senior leadership, or you might have to do this or that. But I think those five actually, I think those encompass what most, what for 
you know, most people need to do. The bias, I think, for this time is just know that you never rebuild trust just by making an apology. No. It, it, you there gotta, has to be action. Yep, and, you've got to make and keep uh, a commitment. But I, I love your five. So, um, and, and I know we're running out of time before we need to take a break, but you remember. Do you want me to say the five? I mean, the 15? I mean, no, 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 no. I, but okay. I just want to know, yeah. you remember a time about three years ago or so when uh, the association we're both members of, the National Association, yep. uh, National Speakers Association, yep. changed their name. Yep, and I happened to be president at the time, and what a disaster that was! And uh, I remember yeah. calling you. <laughs> I can't oh, remember man. if you were. I think you were unhappy with me at that moment. I wasn't. Maybe, no. maybe not unhappy. No, no, no. With no. Me I didn't personally. call. For, I didn't call you about that at all. I called you to see how you're doing because <laughs> right. I heard about it. I was bloody yeah, up. That was the only event. Up. <laughs> you no, were the, the only, only guy that was nice up, to me you... then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you said you were getting, uh, you know, every 30 seconds you had a call or email come in. So I just wanted to see if I need to put a bandage on the wound because I had nothing to say about that. In fact, it's the only conference I hadn't been to for ages because that conference was the 4th of July week conference. Right. We always have a family thing. So I missed it. So I basically just wanted to see if I could do anything to bandage the wound. Let me tell you, I had, and this is not no exaggeration, 780 emails came in that weekend. So we left the conference on Thursday, July 3rd, and then the emails started coming in on July 4th, obviously the holiday. More emails coming in on the holiday. <laughs> and then, you know, I had to talk with Stacey Tetchner, our, our executive director. What are we going to do? We hired a PR crisis management firm over the holiday. Yeah. You can only imagine the double, triple, quadruple overtime we were charged for that. Oh, and in the end, what they wanted us to do was make a statement on Monday morning when everybody got back to work about how we're moving forward and this is how we're going to do it and we're, we know people are upset. And I said, are you kidding me? We've, we're going to lose 1,000 members. Easy. And our mutual friend Harvey McKay came up to me right afterward. He says, son, you are in trouble. <laughs> he goes, there is going to be a mutiny. And we, we gained it back. I believe we gained back yep. the trust because we did those things. We immediately acknowledged there was an issue and immediately apologized for it. Yep. We talked about here's what we're going to do. As a board, we have to meet. I'm going to do this in the next week or so. And uh, I take full responsibility to, to take this ship through the waters. We need to get to a destination that's going to make everybody happy. And uh, I'm going to do this as quick as possible. And and that was my five-step formula, you know, for the last 10 years I've been talking about yep. it. But it's that's when I got to see it in real action in a crisis. I remember – I'll tell you what, the way you did it, and, I, and not to be – sounds pandering on these shows and you talk about a host like this, but I thought the way you did it was – unbelievable case study example of rebuilding trust and i think and then you had constant communication you had a, a task force group you invited everybody basically to be everybody. on it that's the last thing 90 I wanted people to do. signed up for it <laughs> i know i can't, i mean people were rabid about a name I, I i think see to me there's so many other things that i don't know matter more but maybe that was just to me but i i thought it was interesting and, you know i anyway it, you did a great job well, with thank that. Thank you, sir. Um, thank you. you and, and with that, let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about this. is such an important topic. You know what? We're going to go a little bit long on today's show, but I believe this is one of the most important topics we have talked about in the entire run of Amazing Business Radio. It doesn't get more important than this. So don't go away. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back. Want to amaze your customers, impress the people you work with, and outshine your competition? 
Going from average to amazing isn't an out-of-reach goal. In fact, amazement is a habit that anyone can master. In my latest book, Be Amazing or Go Home, I share the secrets behind my mantra, which is to always be amazing. Drawing on the routines of incredible people, I share simple practices that can elevate your game. Once you master those habits, you'll be able to create trust, build stronger relationships, make sales, advance your career, and much more. Now is the time to step out of ordinary and step into being amazing. Be Amazing or Go Home is now available on Amazon.com in ebook and hardcover. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with David Horsinger about trust. And right before the break, I said this may be one of the most important uh, shows that we've done in the entire history of Amazing Business Radio. Let me stand corrected and say it's not one of the most important. I believe this is the most important thing that we have talked about. If there is one idea that we have talked about, and we've talked about, I don't know how many shows I've done, 150, 160 shows so far, uh, maybe 200. I don't know, but I, I, all these great techniques. Last week, we were talking about artificial intelligence and how it's going to improve the customer experience. Sometimes we talk about authors, or we, we get authors on the phone uh, who call in, and they talk to us about how we're going to create a culture. If you don't have trust, none of it matters. So, David, I stand corrected. It's <laughs> the most important segment. Okay. <laughs> All right. There you go. There you I go. agree. I, and, and let me just be clear. I don't think I'm the most important or the coolest or the greatest person in the world, but I'm telling you, after all our ongoing research, I believe trust is the most important. People need to think bigger about trust. And I, I just, you know, you'd ask me, we're not going to get into it a lot in this short time left, but a little bit of the data on the outlook. And, and this year, I'm just looking at it right now, number one reason people want to work for an organization and we asked them, by the way, it wasn't just, you know, we didn't ask them any good questions other than this. We had more money, higher pay, more autonomy, better benefits. Number one, ahead of all those reason people want to work for an organization, trusted leadership. Mm. It, you know, leadership, I, I just, I, I can't tell people the importance. They've got to think about trust differently. By the way, with some of the work you do, this is important. I'm looking at a little bit more of the data. 76% of people surveyed said ongoing training would help them trust their employer more. People are yearning for more training. And in the U.S. part, we do global study, in the U.S. part of the study, people want leadership and this customer service, the type of training you do, twice as much, two times more than technical development. So is everybody listening is every I tell you, is everybody they, we need to hear this? This is important. I'm, so I mean, I'm I, reading the data. I'm just going through a bit of a bit of the data slides uh-huh. here, and I'll give you a couple more, and then we can go wherever you want to go with our last minutes together. But I think this one's interest, interesting because it's been ongoing globally. And by the way, uh, let's see, ten countries this year, well over six thousand people. The U.S. portion have weighted against the national census. This is plus or minus two to three percent. So it's a significant study. It's not people that are doing, you know, website research, $100,000 study. So um, uh, I'm just going to pull it up here. The number one reason people leave an organization is not being appreciated or not feeling appreciated. Mm -hmm. So this is something to do. I'm going to give two sides of this. One side 
it has to do with how we treat people inside the organization. And I'm not talking about treating people better for, you know, people want to say, I want to be appreciated for breathing. I'm talking about noted for notable work. But I'm also talking in customer service experience, in customer experience, this is critical. I cannot believe. A quick example, my dad, he, uh, 82 years old, grew up on the farm. He had, we had lots of tractors growing up, as I often have fun saying. We had a multicultural farm. We had red and green tractors. We even had some yellow and orange ones, but he used tractors. When he was 82, finally, this farm is worth a lot more, and he bought his first brand-new significant tractor, brand-new. And as appreciating him for that buy and by the way, track, I just sat the $1.2 million combine down in Moline. So these are some expensive pieces of equipment. That's a big tractor. But, yeah, but I'm not going to tell you the brand of this tractor, this one, but he bought this significant tractor, and as an appreciation for buying that tractor, what did they give him? I'm going to bet they gave him a hat. They didn't even give him a hat. They didn't give him a hat? They, gave, they didn't. They gave him a calendar. And I, with their own tractors on it, and I went to that group of who I know, and I said, do you really just never want to sell anything again? I mean, a, this opportunity to appreciate people and, you know, both for getting to do business with them, for buying, we can do this as a, as a, waiter or a waitress we can do it as a flight attendant we can do it you don't have to do it but i mean you're talking about someone makes these big spends that could spend a lot more now and that's how you're going to appreciate that them i couldn't believe it so um appreciation is a critical part of feeling appreciated is a critical part of not just the employer employee experience but the customer amazing customer service experience and i'll tell you and as it applies to trust i think what happens is appreciation creates a confidence and it, yeah. it all ties together if you appreciate me you truly appreciate me i'm going to want to do business with it why because i'm confident that you care about me yep. ah there's that word confident confident confidence it's all about trust so and and it's also it comes under the compassion pillar how i show compassion mm-hmm. is appreciation often um you know there's yeah there's several other bits of data but you know they can they can go to wherever, trustedge.com, or just look at the, the research. The white paper is now out for the 2018 Trust Outlook, which is we freely give that data out. Um, so, and that's, anyway. And you can find that at uh, trustedge.com. Is that right? Yep. Great. Just look for the research at Great. Trust Edge. Yep. All right. Just before we get into the one thing question, uh, what can customer service leaders do to immediately start gaining trust with their customers? Well, I think, you know, <laughs> I'll say I'll answer this two ways. One, I'll go back to what we just said in the data of appreciating. Just uh, um, you know, the number one trait, of, initial trait of the most magnetic people in the world. We talk about building connection and collaboration. You can do that through story, and you can do that through adding value, and you can do that through asking the right questions. But the initial trait, the most magnetic trait initially in people, is gratitude. Not even a smile, gratitude. And so if I can give this kind of appreciate you for being here, appreciate you for doing business with me, appreciate you for listening, not cheesy, not pandering, but give it, have a, a spirit of gratitude, that's one thing. Grateful that you work here, grateful that you're part of the team, grateful that you've considered coming in and looking at my product or, or coming to my – people love to feel appreciated. So that's one thing. Uh, another way of looking at this would be if you're a – customer service manager, let's say, in your organization, what I would do is I would take a look at these eight pillars and I would say, hey, what do we think we're doing pretty well? Ah, we're good on character. We're doing good. And just celebrate those pillars. And then I would pick one pillar 
and say, what if we did? If we just focused a little bit on one pillar for the next 90 days, I think we'd have a little more trust that would lead to a better customer service experience. Whatever it is, more consistency, more clarity, more compassion. And then I would ask how, on that pillar, could we do something? How, 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 until you get so clear you could do something about building that pillar on a daily basis for the next 90 days. So, in other words, people say, oh, I want a better culture. Okay, how are you going to do that? Oh, we're going to say nice things. Okay, how are you going to do that? Oh, we're going to appreciate people more. How are you going to do that? See, because none of those no one's going to do anything about. Right, they're until too you broad. ask how, until they're going to do, let's say they're going to, finally they it. say, well, I'm going to write a note every day for the next 90 days. Now I trust you. Now you're going to change the experience. Yep. I can't tell you, I, I received a note from a guy who I did a mortgage with years ago, and I haven't done a mortgage in a long, long time. I've lived in my house for a long, long time uh, in my home. And uh, I said, wow, this was the most incredible note. So I called him up because it was that nice. I said, this was amazing. And he goes, you know what I do? Every single week I write a note of appreciation to somebody that we've worked with or somebody that's impacted me. And it's not just like this short little note. It is – it's – I mean, it's beautiful, and I saved it, and it's wow. on my desk. It's still here, and if he's listening to this episode, thank you, John Frank, uh, with That's Paramount so Mortgage. Cool. And I have it on my desk, and uh, he's an amazing guy. It's been years and years since uh, we've done a mortgage with him, but you know what? I just appreciated him so much. All right, we're out of time. One thing. This is the one thing question. What's the one thing you want to emphasize, or is there something – extra you want to share with us to make sure this audience absolutely knows before we get off this interview today what is it i'll leave you with this this thought it and it's been said a lot of different ways this is the way i say it and it matters as far as the customer experience and life is concerned it is the little things done consistently that make the biggest difference not the big things it's the little things done consistently. That little thing, if you do it consistently, it's, it's like if I'm overweight, it's because I've had too many mocha lattes over years, not because I ate too much this morning for breakfast. If I'm a good husband, it's because I've loved and honored my wife for years, not because I gave her dem ring one, you know, one time or a dozen rows one time. It's these little things done consistently, and that's the same in marketing. It's the same in leadership, and it's certainly the same in the amazing customer experience. Little things done consistently make the biggest difference as far as building trust every single day. David Horsinger, you are you're a gift. Thank you so much. Uh, this has been an amazing show. It's why we call it Amazing Business Radio. If you want to learn more about the Trust Edge, go to trustedge.com. Uh, make sure you download the report. You'll see all kinds of stats and facts to support what we're talking about here. In addition to that, uh, the book is called The Trust Edge, and you can get it everywhere, especially Amazon. So, David, thanks for being on the show, man. You are awesome. You're amazing. And you know what? You're trustworthy. Thank you. <laughs> I trust you. Thanks. All right, brother. Hey, everyone, that wraps up another episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. As I said before, this isn't maybe one of the most important episodes. This may, okay, it is the most important thing. If there's one thing, if there's one episode that I hope all of you listen to over and over again, this is the one. So until next week, this is Chef Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.